The content of this podcast is provided as general informational purposes only. It is not intended for, nor should it be used to replace professional behavior intervention and advice. This is Sissy. And this is Susan. And we are Function Junction. Behavior matters. Hey, Sissy, how are you? I'm great, Susan. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, You know, I've been thinking a lot about executive functioning skills, and that's not something we always talk about in ABA, but it is a core, you know, feature of kids with autism and a lot of other people. And I had, as you know, I went to see my brother last month for his 75th birthday, and um, he's doing great, but I did notice some executive functioning problems with him. Um, Things like if I said, hey, and he's married to a wonderful woman named Jeannie. And if I'd say, hey, Paul, what do you want for breakfast? He'd go, oh, I'll just have a banana. But I noticed if we said, hey, Paul, do you want a piece of toast with peanut butter or avocado? He'd go, ooh, avocado sounds good. And he loved it. And it was great. And same thing with peanut butter and everything. And so he is, or it was an avid golfer, scratch golfer, was at the club every day. And since he's, you know, getting a little bit older, he hasn't been take, going to the golf course as much. And so one of my goals for the weekend was to get him back on the golf course. And so, you know, I got, he got all his stuff together and we get to the course. And he said, oh, shoot, I forgot some teas. So I went in, I got him some teas. And, you know, when he walked in, everybody was like, Paul, how you doing, buddy? We missed you. How you doing? I was going to come visit you. And I'm like, I'll give you his address. You know, you can go visit me time. And <laughs> yes, yes. Paul was, you could tell he was feeling really great. And then we were kind of trying to figure out what we were going to do. We were just going to go hit some balls. And he said, oh, I forgot my coins. And evidently you have to have these little tokens for, to get a bucket of balls. And so that's okay. I go back in and I was like, can we get a token or two? And it's like, yeah, yeah, here you go. No problem. So we go and hit balls and he did, it was fun a great time and then we went to the putting green and he putted some you know chipped and putted and he had a really great time and so um when I got home we got home I was like okay so I figured out you need a list of things to do so I just made him a little task analysis right like we do in ABA where I said you know you need to do your stretch stretches you need to do your um practicing because he has like a little practice area in his basement and you need to make sure you have your tokens and teas and, you know, kind of made it like a little checklist and he loved it. And so he took me to the airport the next day and his wife called me that night and said that he went to, he wanted to go to the golf course, but he wanted to go home first to check off his task analysis, you know, and I was so happy. And I, I was just thinking, you know, we have so many kids that we've worked with over the years that have had significant executive functioning issues. And I was thinking about this young man named Frank and Frank um, lived in a residential facility, but he would come home on weekends and his family was very financially advantaged and they lived on a large, large piece of land and they had like a small lake on it, sort of a pond, if you will. And so Frank came home one weekend and he had quote unquote borrowed a video game from the residential facility mm-hmm. and his parents found it and were not happy about it because they said, you know, he stole it. Of course he didn't think he stole it. And so he needed to go upstairs into his bedroom and think he did some thinking time. He was in his bedroom and he could hear his parents talking. And so he decided he needed more thinking time. And so he climbed out the second floor bedroom window and he went for a walk. Yeah. 
so he could think. And like I said, there was a small lake pond on the property. And he, while he was thinking, um, fell into the pond and he got himself out. He'd lost a shoe and he had lost his glasses. So in his brain, it made perfect sense to walk to the CVS to buy a new pair of glasses. Sure. Did he have money in his pocket? No. No. (laughs) So he went to the CVS in one shoe soaking wet and they obviously, you know, didn't feel real welcoming to him evidently. And so he needed more thinking time. And so he went out to the back of the CVS and sat down and the sheriff found him several hours later. And so, (laughs) so the sheriff knew the family and took him home And, you know, the parents were upset, obviously, and kept saying things like, Frank, you could have gotten hurt. I mean, you you could have got, but I didn't get hurt. But Frank, you climbed out the second floor window. You could have broke your leg, but I didn't break my leg. Frank, you were out in the community with one shoe and no glasses. Like you really could have gotten hurt, but I didn't get hurt. And I, I just kind of think about that story and think about how, Many of our kids make decisions that don't really fall in line with logic, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, you think about, I mean, we talk all the time about data and how important data is. And his data, he had only one data point to talk about. But, you know, I didn't hurt myself getting down out of the second floor. I didn't, you know, well, in his mind, did not get into trouble going into the CVS as he was without any money. Um, but, right. you know, if, if, you know, if he had the cognitive ability to, or the language to understand the idea, well, let me show you some other data where other right. people were on their roof and ended up injured. You know, these yes. things, mom and dad are looking at all the data. You're only looking at your one piece. Yes. And that's a really good point. I know we've told a story in the past about Harvey bringing um, a hammer to school, remember? And his logic was to get some street cred by bashing a kid's face in, right? And so, you know, Harvey was in gen ed classes. You know, he's a smart, smart cookie. Um, But his executive functioning skills really just weren't in place to where it made perfect sense in his mind to bring the hammer to school, to bash his friend's face in, to get street cred. But when we look at, yeah. you know, the data, <laughs> what would the data tell us that Frank's going to get in a lot of trouble? The data says there is zero tolerance for weapons at school. So the data exactly. suggests that is going to get you into some trouble. Yeah. Um, and I think of the executive functioning as the secretary in your head. Yes. Help keeping you organized, helping you, you know, beyond time, helping you think through what is going to happen. You know, the secretary for a great administrator will say, she's not available right now. I'll have her call you back, you know? And, and Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I love that term secretary and it kind of falls in line with how I describe it to people is what does it take for an executive to function, right? An executive has to be able to multitask. He has to be able to plan. He has to have goal setting. He has to be flexible, you know, with the goal setting, he has to be flexible with the plan. He has to, you know, do all of those things, just what the secretary helps him with. 
Um, so I think that's a great, those are two great analogies to help people remember what executive functioning is. And, and it's interesting, and I know we've talked about this through work, is that, you know, it appears from the research that the, the more impaired your executive functioning skills are, the same level of impairment applies to theory of mind. Sure which is a, a whole nother area that we could talk about on another podcast with regard to, you know, perspective taking. And those two stories, Harvey and Frank, really show you impairment in executive functioning, but also impairment in theory of mind, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Not understanding that the people at CVS aren't going to really be comfortable with you soaking wet in one shoe and no money. And same with, you know, my other friends. So, um, we'll have to do another story, another podcast about theory of mind. But sure. anyway, I just was thinking about executive functioning. And again, it's not something we talk about a lot in ABA, but it is certainly, you know, like I said before, one of those core features of autism. And I think it's something that we need to do a better job with, with regard to working with these kids who are soon going to become adults so that they don't graduate to the couch, like we right. said. And there are some people who say that that the part of our brain that is responsible for executive functioning isn't completely mature until early to mid 20s. Right. So it's OK if you have a 17 year old son who is extremely disorganized and runs into some you know issues with all that can't get things done on time. Uh, it doesn't mean he's on the spectrum, but it means that he may need some supports for executive functioning and helping him, you know, a task analysis and a right. calendar with times on it, things like that. So um, yeah. lots of ways we can help our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Do you have a question for us today? I do. Uh, let me read it to you. So Frank's teacher wants him to help, wants to help him with executive functioning skills by teaching him how to organize his backpack before he goes home. She is measuring how long it takes him to begin getting his materials together once she shows him, gives him the cue to get his backpack together. This form of measurement is called A, rate, B, duration, C, latency, or D, interval reporting. That's a really good question. And when I look at it, the key words that I see are that she measures how long it takes him to begin getting his materials together. So she's giving him the directive and then she measures the time from then until he begins. So that suggests to me, C, latency, right? Yeah, and latency is interesting because it's the only data dimension that we look at that doesn't really look at the behavior, right? We're looking at how long it takes to start the behavior. Yeah. Whereas with rate, we're looking at how often behavior occurs within a certain period of time. Duration, we're looking at how long it takes. And so if she was going to measure how long it takes him to get his backpack organized, that would be duration. But like you said, she's looking at from the time she gives the cue to the time he get he starts doing it. And that would be latency. Interval recording is more of checking whether a behavior occurred within a, a certain interval of time. And so um, I love using latency. And I think it's interesting because we're always trying to decrease, not always, but oftentimes trying to decrease the latency, right? So she says, Frank, get your back. Yeah. She says, Frank, get your backpack organized. And how long does it take? And I always ask people if they can think of an example where we would want to increase latency, 
And the one that I always get, and it'd be interesting if you have another one is, um, I'm going to date myself here when I say, uh, if you remember, welcome back Cotter, right. And remember the character Horshack, whenever Mr. Cotter would ask a Mm -hmm. question, Horshack was always like, Oh, 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 I know the answer. And (laughs) if you've worked with kids on the spectrum who might be more independent and spend more time in gen ed, you see that happen a lot. And so that's the only example that I've come up with over the years of when, when do we want to increase latency versus decrease it? Yeah, I would think maybe, you know, the same idea is I used to have to teach my students to read the question and read every answer, not jump to an answer. That's not so much latency, but it, it borders on that teaching them that idea of give yourself some time. I would say that, you know, you may, you may use any of those measures if you were working with him on getting his backpack organized. If Mm -hmm. you decided you expect him to have his backpack organized within, you know, 10 minutes, you're, you could basically see every day, did he get it, you know, how many days, a week, did he do that? You could look at how long, or you could start with taking some duration data by just timing. How long does it yeah. take him to organize? And then you might see Mondays are harder, Fridays are easier because you've yeah. done it every day of the school week. And you know, so maybe you're not gonna think about, it's not so much what is the duration as did he get it done? And then interval recording might be something that you want to do because you're trying to leave him alone and let him get it going. And you're just going to watch him and see, did he remain organizing his backpack during those times? Yeah. Yeah. And it's always good to have that baseline data, you know, looking at how long it takes him or how to bet loaded or how long it takes him to get started. And then, you know, implement your intervention, whether it be a task analysis or a checklist or reinforcer or whatever to determine whether or not it worked. So, you know, that is a really good behavior to create a routine out of for any, you know, is that idea of get your get your backpack together because it's not unusual, particularly for our higher functioning kids to have work that they have completed in their backpack. Yes, (laughs) they just haven't turned it in. And so um, if they keep their backpack organized then they're more likely to be able to get their work turned in and not end up with a zero in a class that they know that they have mastered. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've seen kids put an assignment into their backpack to be to, for homework and they take the bus home and they get home and it's not in the backpack. It's like it disappeared somewhere on the bus. It's so bizarre how that happens. It really is. It really is. Um, So that was a really great story and a really great question. Always practicing those concepts uh, for any aspiring BCBAs, but even anyone who wants to understand more about behavior and what we could look at. Uh, And again, just because we wanted to see latency for him on this backpack, for other people, it could be other pieces of data. It all depends on where do you think that he needs the intervention? Yep, absolutely. Well, y'all, thanks so much for listening. As always, um, please like, subscribe, share, or comment on our social media and or rate and review us on the podcast app that you're using. We hope you enjoyed the story and hope you have a great rest of the week. Take care.
Come back and listen again. Bye, guys. Bye.